0: Hello and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri.
1: Well thanks again for being with us this morning in just a moment our volunteers are going to come forward to give you an opportunity to give to the Lord and worship through your giving. Thank you for those who've already given online. Many of you over the last a uh, few weeks have asked uh, beyond the easter offering which was for medical supplies and building supplies for our mission that we are leaving for in just a few weeks uh, to king's castle in el salvador many of you have asked how can you personally support the missionaries that are going now we have 47 from our church going in 2 weeks to el salvador We are, we are so excited. We had one of our trainings yesterday and we are just excited to go. Many of you, again, have asked how you can support directly some of our missionaries. And so we've set up a special website uh, on, our, on our website, c2church.com. But if you go to send.c2church.com, you can find a list of every missionary that's going. Uh, that's still in need of funds or there's a spot for you just to donate to the team in general and we'll divide that up amongst those who still need to raise their funds. It's, it's quite an endeavor to raise $1,650 to go and give two weeks of your time somewhere else and I'm so grateful to partner with uh, 46 other people who have a heart to serve the people of El Salvador and thank you to you to, for those of you who have partnered with us in sending us. That's part of the mission of our church in going We have to have some people who are sending, and thank you so much uh, for your gifts to send uh, our students and our adults uh, to El Salvador. Joining me this morning on stage is Rick Rowden, one of our volunteers. You're also a board member here at Christian Chapel. But even greater than that, you've had a a, a very impactful uh, hand in the ministry of Primrose Hill, and so I'm going to let Rick talk. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to let you take the stage, and I'd love for you to tell us about Primrose Hill this morning. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much. You know, it come, comes time for preaching, and the guy brings up a lunch bag. It's a little scary, isn't it? And actually, I'm not going to preach, and this isn't my lunch. Or, well, I'm not going to preach that long. So, um, Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Um, I'm very excited to uh, introduce uh, Primrose Hill Teen Challenge sort of as a As the first time at at a formal level, uh, our church has been involved with Primrose Hill uh, for quite some time now. Uh, We opened in November of this past year, and uh, actually about three years ago, uh, Paul Minor uh, from our church invited me uh, to a banquet over at uh, First Assembly, and I began to learn about uh, Pastor uh, Jim Lowens and his wife's vision to plant a Teen Challenge Center here that uh, took in mothers and their children. It's uh, unique. There's 1,200 Teen Challenges globally, 108 countries, 250 in the United States. There's only eight where the mothers can come into the home with the children, and Primrose Hill is one of those. And one of the biggest obstacles for women to find help is, who's going to take care of my kids a lot of times the situation at home is not so good, not a good environment, so we've removed that obstacle so now the, the children can come in the home. So we set out on a journey after uh, I got involved a couple of years ago and went up and down every road in Boone County and, and counties surrounding uh, looking for a place to uh, to start along with Randy Macon and others that, uh, that have been involved since the beginning looking for a home. Uh, that we could start. Our faith was sort of, a, you know, maybe a double-wide trailer, <laughs> but God had something different in mind, and um, back in the uh, fall of last year, uh, we were directed from nothing other than a miracle of God to what we now call Primrose Hill, and when I drove up County Road 2696 and I saw this beautiful home, uh, 5,600 square feet on 43 and a half acres, eight bedrooms, Um, I really became emotional because I I thought if my daughter had ever fallen into addiction, this would be the place I'd want to bring her. Um, Yeah. And it is filled with love and laughter and a lot of love uh, now. And uh, God is doing a great work uh, through these women. This uh, Teen Challenge is a year-long program. It's a residential program and a pretty intense schedule. You're going to hear some great stories, you know, as I go around the the city and counties here talking to civic groups about Primrose Hill Teen Challenge. I, uh, you know, when we think about addiction, that's sort of faceless and nameless and, you know, it's addiction. But I've learned in my own personal experience that addiction has a face and she has a name and she has children and they have names and they all have a story. And, uh, you're going to hear some of those uh, stories today about the life change that is happening at Primrose Hill. And I just want to say thank you to uh, Christian Chapel who have been involved from the very beginning. The the, the van that they drove up here in uh, was donated by Christian Chapel. Every month I go to the mailbox and faithful uh, contribution from, uh, from, uh, Christian chapel that I pick up from the P.O. box. And so it's just, it's how, how we function. And, um, we say it's really only by the greatness of God and the goodness of people. We don't charge, uh, these girls to stay in the home. And, uh, so we rely solely on Uh, donations and so uh, a big part of what we do and I want to introduce our uh, director and uh, here in just a minute but I'd like to also uh, mention a couple of uh, ladies uh, our our staff out there they're they live in the home uh, 24-7 and even though they're supposed to be on duty and off duty there is no off duty (laughs) and so I'd like to to uh, recognize Rachel Reardon Rachel would you please stand Ray, Rachel has an amazing story. Her, letter, her uh, story was featured in our last uh, newsletter, and uh, we have some of those available at our ministry table. And uh, Rachel came through Teen Challenge, went through our leadership college, and is now uh, helping other women recover from addiction. So, and then also, um, uh, P- Pastor Brenda's right-hand person, Jordan Lotz. If you would, Jordan, stand. <laughs> Jordan Jordan does a phenomenal job. She was the first one to stay in that big house by herself. Um, and uh, when I went to the door, she the first time, she was a little scared at that time. But, so, and then, uh, I don't know if Brenda will do it or not, but Bob, would you stand? This is Brenda's husband, uh, Bob Johnson. And... Uh, they all play a big role in, in uh, the ministry of uh, Primrose Hill. So I'd like for Pastor Brenda to come. Pastor Brenda left a very comfortable uh, position in uh, Neosho, Missouri uh, some months back and committed to coming here and taking on a, a pretty major task of, uh, of getting this uh, home started. Uh, but We've just come to love her greatly and, and Bob, and she's doing a phenomenal job. Bless you.
0: Thank you. I'd like to second everything that Rick said because it's a, it's only because of people like yourselves that are helping to support Primrose Hill that we even are a ministry. And you all believed in us even before we officially became a ministry and invested in us. So I just want to say I appreciate that. Today is Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day. It's great that we got to be here today with you. I love being a mother. And I'm going to start out by telling a funny story because I know kids sometimes can embarrass us or they can give us joy, they can break our hearts, they can make us laugh. But sometimes as moms, we do embarrassing things. So I'm just going to share with my most embarrassing time as a mom. And just so happens that the baby I'm talking about has grown up and has her own little child, and she happens to be here today. But um, when she was just a baby, I was in a store and I was like a busy mom that you see at the store all the time, and I had her in one arm, and I was gathering up things in my other arm trying to get up to the checkout. And a man came up, and I didn't really pay much attention, but I, he worked in the store, and he said, Ma'am, can I help you? It looks like you're struggling. You're having trouble here. And without looking up, I said, Yes, I just, I just don't have enough hands. And when I looked up, he was laughing, and he said, Neither do I. You only had one hand. <laughs> that's a true story. It really is. <laughs> some of you might be sitting here thinking, oh, I forgot it was mother's day. I wish I would just stayed at home today. For some of you, mother's day is a painful day for you. We hope to make this day a blessing today. We'd like to honor all women. You don't have to get physically give birth to be a mother Some others are biological moms, some are foster moms, some are adopted moms, or spiritual moms. And we're here to honor all of you. And with this group of ladies that I brought with me today, I'm their spiritual mom. And I'm very honored to be your spiritual mom. God has just um, given me the privilege to spend time and to have input into their lives. And they are such a blessing to me, each one of them. And each one is so very special I want to just briefly talk about, in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 1, about Hannah. Hannah. We have Hannah at the house. This is about Hannah. And Pastor Jeremy touched on Hannah. She um, was barren. She didn't have any children. And she was so sad and so upset. And she would cry, it says, and weep bitterly. And she would go without food. She would cry out to the Lord and ask him to bless her with a son. She was taunted for not having any children. Even her husband didn't understand her. He didn't know how, why he, she couldn't just be happy that she had him as her husband. And instead of having children, that should be enough just to have him as her husband. But she still wanted a child. And she cried out. And at one point, she went to the temple. And Eli, the priest, was there. And she was crying. And she was just crying out so, so strongly and with all of her heart. And at one point, her mouth was moving and there were no words coming out. So Eli, the priest thought she was drunk and accused her of being drunk in the temple. And she told him, no, my heart is just broken. I just need a child. I just want to have a child. And if the Lord would bless me with a child, I would give him back to the Lord to serve him. And in First Samuel 1, 26, the word says, because the Lord did end up answering her prayer. He did give her a child. And then. Verse twenty six, it says, "Sir, do you remember me?" Hannah asked. She spoke, she's speaking to Eli. I am the woman who stood here several years ago, praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and He granted my request. Now I'm giving him to the Lord, and will be lo- and He will belong to the Lord His whole life. And then they will worship the, and then he will worship the Lord here. So Hannah had a purpose. She had a reason. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest joys in my life has been when I gave birth to my two babies. My husband and I have two kids and six grandkids, and we are truly blessed. But instantly, as soon as I saw my babies and I got to hold my babies, I instantly loved them. They they just meant the world to me. I would do anything for them. There's a saying that says, making the decision to have a child is momentous. It is to decide forever to let your heart go walking around outside your body. As soon as I found out I was pregnant, I took on the responsibility of that child and I started planning. I knew that my most important role was to love, protect, correct, and teach this precious creation of God. Even though I considered them mine, I felt so unworthy and unqualified to be their mother. The, re- the reality was that they were really only unloading to me during this very short period called a lifetime. In myself, I wanted to hold them so tightly that they'd never be too far from me. But I know that wasn't God's plan or purpose for them. When God called my husband and I to Primrose Hill, it was a lot like giving the birthing process. We were impregnated with a ministry that called us to carry and then to give birth Just like any pregnancy, there's been anxiety, there's been joy, anticipation, and the terror of of realizing the impossible task of not only carrying that child, but giving birth and then having the responsibility of loving and protecting and correcting and teaching those that would be given new life through this ministry. So even though I haven't physically given birth to our beautiful Primrose Hill ladies, through this ministry... That's why I was given the role of spiritual birth, spiritual impregnancy. I was imp- impregnated by, uh, by the ministry and give birth to them and to, to show them how to have new birth. I have a mother's heart and vision and hope to see that this ministry give new birth in Christ, a new beginning, a plan of a, for an abundant life, all of these things for each student that calls Primrose Hill home for 12 months of their life. As I spoke to you about Hannah, I know my role is to follow God's direction for this ministry and to be ready to release it at the proper time so it will, be, so it will grow into what God has purposed for it to be from the very beginning, the conception of it. It's not Teen Challenge that gives new life, but it's Jesus Christ. Teen Challenge is only the body that God has chosen to carry the ministry that will love, protect, correct, and teach each of these women that walks through our doors. And like Hannah had purposed in her heart to have a child for the sole purpose of giving that child back to the Lord when it was time for his purpose, that's the the same purpose we have, is to love these ladies and to nurture them and to teach them, tell them things they maybe don't want to hear, but just because we love them and have tough love for them. I'd like to introduce you to some of our ladies. Um, It's not easy to stand up here and bare your soul in front of people that you don't know, but they do an amazing job. Each one of them is a miracle. Um, By the time a a student comes to Teen Challenge, by the time a parent calls or a grandparent or whoever calls, even the student themselves, they're at rock bottom. Pretty much their families are done with them. Because they have been through so much with them. And it's just amazing the transformation. One of our students is Krista. And my husband, we do an intake picture. And when Krista came in, my husband saw her picture. He said, She looks like a mean girl. <laughs> Krista, stand up and show him you don't look like a mean girl anymore. <laughs> Krista's our youngest student, and they, as you will see, they're not teenagers. They are grown, mature women, and um, teen challenges at different locations house different age groups, and ours is adult women with children. So I'm going to ask Ms. Tori to come up. She is one of our um, latest students to come into the program, and she has a son. And she's just a miracle, like each one of them. And as these ladies begin to change, early on as they get the word of God in them, they don't only change inwardly, but it starts showing outwardly, so.
3: Hi, everybody. I'm Tori. I'm 35. I have a seven-year-old son, Joshua. We just celebrated his birthday this, this week on Wednesday, and for the first time in his life, we were actually able to have a real birthday party with all sorts of people and all sorts of presents. <laughs> um, I'm in my seventh month of sobriety. I've been at Teen Challenge. This is my second month there, but I came there already six months sober. So um, I just, what I want to do up here today is I just, I want to give all the glory to God. Because a year ago, I didn't even celebrate Mother's Day. His father had just gone to to prison, and um, I was on the streets with my son, homeless. Most of my son's life, we've been homeless. And uh, earlier this week, I just have to tell everybody because I'm so excited. On my son's birthday, I actually got a call that I got some teeth. I didn't have teeth on Monday. I had no teeth. And because of of Mr. Rick Rowden, I now have, I can smile and be confident again. And may all the glory be to God for that. God works through people so well. And um, I just, uh, yeah, like I said, a year ago, I was homeless. And I've been literally on the streets trying to raise my son and by the grace of God, I still have him. And I, I still, I just, I love him so much. And you'd never think that he was raised on the streets when you, when you actually meet him. And that's just all to God as well. And um, when I came t- to Primos Hill, there's a sign that hangs in the evening room that says, Having someplace to go is home. Having someone to love is family. And having both is a blessing. And I truly do feel blessed to, to be there. And to be able to put my life, I just love being there. I get to, to, to learn about God every day. And my sisters are so great. And I have such a good family. And my son gets to go to school. And he gets off the bus every day. And we have somewhere to lay our heads, the same place. I don't have to worry about all the, I had a lot of people in my life that tried to help me. But they were just as broken, if not more broken than I was. And this life that I live now, it's it's like a, it's what I, I always dreamed about or what I saw in the movies or what I heard people talk about. And I just want to thank everybody that had a part in, in Primo's Hill because without you guys and without God, I wouldn't be able to be here and my son wouldn't be back there playing with all of his new friends. And um, I don't know what else to say. Okay. <laughs>
0: There's a saying that says, most spe- the most special jewels you'll ever have around your neck are the arms of your children. And I think that is so cool. One of my favorite things, we just, um, we're going to be in a magazine. Uh, we got a, had a Photoshop, uh, you know, they took our pictures and going to put us in the magazine and they were asking questions, what, what you know, something very special that drawn you to the ministry. One of mine is where my office is, is downstairs in the basement and the girls aren't quiet. There's seven women living in our house, plus two full-time staff, plus the kids that are in the house. So I love that, because when Jordan was there um, early on, the house was just too quiet. And we talked about that, that someday it was going to be full of noise and full of kids running around and moms and that. But these ladies are strangers when they come in. They don't know each other. And they come in, and somehow the Lord works it together for them to get along and to be able to live as a family in the house and start loving each other and caring for each other. That is such a cool thing. But when I'm in my office, I can hear them sometimes just carrying on, just giggling and laughing and playing with their kids. And to me, that is such a great blessing. And that makes everything worthwhile. They're sitting there thinking, oh, who's she going to call next? (laughs) Um, I think I will have Jen come up. Each one of these ladies have such um, amazing stories of where God has brought them from, and Jen is no exception. Some of our ladies have been in prison, some have been in jail, some, like uh, Tori said, have been living on the streets, and it's just amazing to hear their stories.
4: Hi, I'm Jen. Um, There's two Jennifers in the house, so I go by Jen. Um, um, I'm 37 years old. I'm from Carrollton, Missouri, not too far away, so I'm a local. Um, I have five children, and they're 18, 15, 8, 7, and 5. Um, I'm standing here today because of a 13-year addiction to meth has destroyed everything around me. Um, My 15-year-old is disabled, and when he, he was perfectly normal. When he was two years old, he had an accident, and it left him with a brain injury, so he's severely disabled. Um, having dabbled with drugs, when I was a teenager, um, the enemy just quickly grabbed a hold of me, and he's like, just, you know, take do meth so you can get through the day without crying. And that, so that just quickly just let, you know, it got out of hand. Um, I raised my children on drugs, the best that I could do, but I didn't do a very good job. Um, I, Entered a 30-day rehab program last, well, two years ago, and thought that, you know, while I was there, I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and he did, and I felt good. I'd never, I thought, okay, I'm done with this. For the 30 days I was there, I didn't have any cravings. I thought I would be fine. I walked out, and five minutes after leaving that program, I got high again. Um, and so for the last year, I've been completely lost. Um, my kids are living with my aunt and uncle, um, they're taking care of them, and because of that, I hated her for taking my kids, but, and so we were very estranged. Somebody, and she was someone that was very close to me. I never spent a day without speaking to her, Um. so then on... Halloween this year, or last year, I got arrested for doing drugs, and I spent the next 30 days in jail. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I should be trick-or-treating with my children. I should. I'm 37 years old. I have nothing to show for my life other than that I'm um, on drugs and that I've lost my children. So when I got out of jail, I called my brother, and I said, I need help. And he Found Primrose Hill Teen Challenge by the grace of God, and so on January eighth, I entered into Primrose Hill, and it is the best thing that I've ever done. Um, the program is twelve months, and it is what is required. It is what is it's going to take to get somebody that's been you know you've gone through so many years of doing what's wrong. You can't fix that in thirty days. There's no way to fix that in thirty days. Um, God has restored my family since I mean just it was like almost immediately as soon as I came in, I mean things just started turning around like that. I Me mean, not being able to see my kids and Pastor Bernard one phone call and you know my aunt was just like yeah, she can, you know, see her kids and my kids I'm glad to say are here. They're in the back they're playing today. <laughs> so I just want to thank God, and I want to thank Pastor Brenda for all their hard work, and just thank you.
0: With seven ladies in the house, they represent 17 kids if we add all of the kids together. So the ministry that God is doing here is not only with these ladies, but it's it's in their kids and in their families, and it's just amazing. Let's see. I guess it's Stacy will have come up. Come on up, Stacy. <laughs> <clears throat> Stacy is from Tennessee. Door, yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee. Knoxville, Tennessee, and you'll be able to tell when she starts talking. She has a cute accent. <laughs> I ain't got no accent, guys. <laughs> Oh, wow.
5: Um, So, I'm 36. I've got five kids, and um, I grew up in church. Um, I graduated a Christian school, and um, it was a bunch of do's and don'ts. It was, um, if you're a Christian, you won't wear pants. If you're a girl, and um, you'll only listen to a certain kind of music, and you won't do this, and you will do that, and and hell hanging over your head. And um, so, Jesus was my fire insurance. Um, I had I'd run to the altar every week and, and get saved. But there was no relationship. I did not know Jesus at all. And I um, always had a void, just a big void that I tried to fill with men. Um, in and out of relationships. Um, let's see. been married several times, trying to fill that void. Um, ended up... Um, having children and, and getting on pain pills because of a back injury. And, um, I liked the way it made me feel, you know, it took some pain away emotionally. And, um, so in 2011, I knew that I needed help and, um, I went to teen challenge in Tennessee and that's where I learned about a relationship with Jesus, and um, I started changing. Um, the hurt of being molested got taken away. Um, an eating disorder that I'd had since I was 11 was broke off, and God just broke chains there, a lot of chains. Um, but it's a 12-month program, and, and at nine months, um, my daddy, my daddy was dying. So I had to leave. I couldn't finish it. So, um, Jesus, please. So, um, so I went home and I took care of my dad till he died. And after he died, I got on IV heroin. And, um, and that took the pain away, sort of. Not really, but sort of so I found myself doing things I thought I'd never do for drugs in the deepest darkest places in strange beds and with strange people and I just didn't care about myself or anybody anymore my kids it's mother's day and my kids um my kids just didn't didn't really matter I stayed numb and um because of that I've got a 17 year old that's Six foot four and two hundred and sixty pounds, and full of anger and, and hate for me. And um, anyway, the good news. Let's see the good news. Um, so I wanted to die, and and I was trying really hard with with. I mean, no, that ain't the good news. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Well, (laughs) I tried really hard. (laughs) So I woke up at University of Tennessee in ICU. I'd overdosed on heroin and and Xanax and and um I was so angry, so angry because I wanted to see my dad. And my best friend I've had a best friend that overdosed and died and just tried really hard and um the good news is God wouldn't let me. That's the good news. So, I love Primrose Hill. I'm a runner, or I used to be a runner. I would run from my problems. I would run from people. I would run from everything. But I don't want to run anymore. I feel at home. I feel at peace. Um, I'm, I'm learning and, and developing this relationship with Jesus. And So, there's a verse, and it says, it's Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all of your ways, and he will guide you on the right path. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing to your body and strengthening to your bones. Because of the drug use, I have hepatitis C, and I'm believing for healing. I believe with all my heart in healing. So um, I'm just very thankful for Primrose Hill. I thank you very much, Pastor Jeremy and the church, for donating. And thank you so much, Pastor Brenda. I love you.
0: Each one of our ladies is special. And in the seven ladies we have, we have three that have been called to ministry. So... Who knows where you're going to see our ladies? (laughs) They all have a purpose. I'd like to close with a poem that I wrote a few years ago. It's called A Mother's Love Never Ends. A mother's heart is filled with extravagant love to nurture and to care. As her children grow, of all their strengths and struggles, she is made well aware. Her heart silently breaks as the word robs the inno- as the world robs the innocent, but she continues on strong with a heart that's no less content. In trusting her heavenly Father above, He knows her pain because of His love, which was His Son He sent to pay the price. His child became the sacrifice. No doubt, the love that He has invested will carry her through the times that she's tested. She will never give up or grow weary. Giving her love to the child of which others may be leery of what possibly that child of yours will grow up to be because she knows the truth that she's taught that child while sitting on her knee. She has experienced firsthand the results of true love. It's already been demonstrated to her from above. Her children one day will be grown, and they will have full lives of their very own. But now there is someone new for her, for which her heart overflows with unexpressible love, which no doubt has been to her from, as a gift from above. No question why their names start with grand, because there is no greater in all the land. Ask her and you will be told that her grandkids are the greatest before breaking the mold. Now mother's role has not ended, but it has only been extended. She continues on now with a new generation that must be taught to love God with their, their whole heart and total admiration. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Pastor Brenda, and thank you, ladies, for sharing your stories. They're inspiring, they're encouraging, and they bring glory to God. And we're so thankful uh, for your willingness to share with us this morning. You guys brought a gift for every lady, and I'm so thankful that you guys did this. Each of the ladies will get on your way out. You'll get a, uh, a sample of one of the Primrose products. Um, it smells great. Um, it is, you cannot eat it. It does not taste good. Take my word for it. (laughs) Sugar scrub is not something to add to your cereal, apparently. So we just want to bless each and every woman today as you uh, leave this place, not only with a gift, but if you would allow me and Darcy to pray a blessing over you. We're also going to ask Bob if you would join us on stage. We're going to bless uh, you and Brenda and your team and the ladies at Primrose Hill. Thank you for allowing us to partner with you you to affect the lives of women and children. You know, the the Jewish people have a saying, to save one is to save the world, or to save a generation, some translations say. It was 17. 17. And from this moment on, your your lives have been changed, and you're changing the lives of your children, and you're saving a generation. And so church, today I'm gonna ask every woman in this place to rise. Men, would you extend your hand? to the ladies around you, perhaps your wife or a mother around you. And we're going to pray God's blessing upon all of our ladies this morning. Father God, thank you for the gift of mothers. Bless them in the name of Jesus, I ask. Lord, this morning some are in pain because of missing a mother or a child. The pain of being barren not being able to conceive. And Lord, we bless those too for your glory and with your grace that you would surround them. We look to you in those moments where we we question and we feel the pain. And yet you are closest to us then. Would you bless every woman in this place with your power and your provision? Would you make straight the path of righteousness for your name's sake? Bless Primrose Hill, And fill that house and that property with your Holy Spirit. That all who enter would feel your love, your grace, your forgiveness. And experience new life found only in you. It's because of your death, Jesus, that we can experience forgiveness. But it's because you rose from the dead that we can experience new life. Not only in this world, but in the one to come. And again, Lord, I speak blessing over their children over these mothers, over every woman in this place, that they would be Proverbs 31 women, that they would know of their extreme value more precious than rubies, and they would walk as your daughters. It's in the mighty name of Jesus I ask all this. Amen.
0: Hey, we are so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information about a deeper relationship with Christ, we would love to hear from you. Simply email nextsteps at c2church.com.